Hello, and welcome back to the Equipped Man Podcast, the podcast where we explore what it means to be a man of God in the 21st century. I'm your host, Luke Wentz. And for today's episode, I've got another friend of mine with me, Zion. How's it going? Ooh, going great, man. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. So you're a you're a father. You're a yep. husband. Yep. Um, you're a, you're a son. You're a brother. Correct. You're, you're all these really awesome manly boy things. Sure. Um, the only the only not boy thing is you're not a boy dad yet. That's true. I'm not a boy yeah. dad yet. Yeah. We're we're hoping we get a boy soon. Yes. But, but I gotta until admit. Then. Yeah. But I gotta admit, I, I I watch you. I watch you and your girls, and, and you're you're a good girl dad. Thanks, man. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, no problem. It was a little bit of adjustment, you know. I've oh, yeah. never seen baby girl stuff before. <laughs> so uh, what's all this pink exploding? Yeah, right, right. Um, there was definitely a little bit of adjustment. I was wanting a boy the first time. Oh yeah, and the second time. Yeah, but uh, I did tell my wife Brooke. I said, if this third one isn't a boy, I may be a little sad. Just, yeah. a, just a little. Of course, I'm gonna love. You know, if oh, it yeah. is a girl, you know, it's gonna be great. Yeah. But uh, for now, we're just we're rocking girl dad life. I got yeah. the shirts. There you go. The yeah. good thing about it is everyone buys me girl dad stuff. That's true. So I have girl dad hoodie, girl dad joggers, girl dad shirts. And yeah. I'm like this is just free clothing. So yeah. That that's really nice. I was gonna say, and 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 the grandparents and aunts and uncles on both sides of the family, dude, I mean, it's unreal. Oh yeah, it's like last year. This is a terrible thing to do as a parent. I can't even believe I admit this, but we didn't buy them like any Christmas presents. Oh yeah, no, because one, everything's so freaking expensive. Oh yeah, two, I mean, both sides of the family just we're blessed and very blessed, honestly, to have the support that we do. So oh they, yeah, we just let them use their money and. We saved ours. <laughs> Dude, I remember I remember like the first Christmas that uh that Dina and I were together. It was uh before we were even married and we went up to Nebraska to see my parents and uh-huh. their, my side of the family and they had bought Gabriel so many toys. <laughs> like there was almost no room left in the car yeah. for us to come back to KC. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> That's really, really awesome. So yeah, I, trailer. I, I totally, I totally know the the feeling of yes, grandparents have blessed us. Yes. Awesome. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> that is awesome, man. That's really yeah. cool. But be, being a girl dad is great. Uh, they have me absolutely wrapped around their finger. Oh yes. Um, there's a lot of things that I said I wouldn't do as a parent that I now do. Oh yeah. All the time. Yeah. And, I you know I just let it slide. I don't beat myself up over it too much. Yeah. Some things I'm like I could have done better, but they're happy. Yeah. We're happy. Yeah. It's great. They're still alive. They're alive. Every that's some days they're, they're alive. Yeah. You guys haven't gone crazy. So some, well, I don't know about that part. <laughs> <laughs> some days in uh parenting and just family life, the the only victory is we're all alive. Oh and yeah. We're all yeah. Happy and healthy. Oh no, I know it. There's so. there were a couple times like when Dina was pregnant with Sebastian, like uh-huh it was a rough there were there were days where it was a rough pregnancy and it's sure. like i'm like she's i'd come home and she'd be like i, I kept the kids alive i grew a human <laughs> i grew a human today I'm like yeah, awesome sure. good job babe yeah i did more than i did i just went to work <laughs> right yeah, right yeah. that's funny <laughs> that's really good um so to get into the meat of this sure um something i ask all my new people okay what does it mean to you to be a man of god that's a great question thank you you know, before I'll answer that yeah. one second, but I, I was like, Brooke, I know he's going to ask me some questions. Yeah. But I don't have a list and I love being prepared. <laughs> so this is great. Just going off the top. But yeah. what does it mean to be a man of God? Yeah. Um, a man of character. Um, I think first and foremost, actually, uh, a man of love. Hmm. Um, I think God is, is love. You know, it's the scripture said, and I 
I don't just think I know it. God is love. It's what I've experienced. So how do I reflect love in the best way possible? Um, you know, the, the scripture says it's uh, the goodness of God that brings man to repentance. Mm, yeah. And that goodness, that benevolence of the Father and the, the kindness of him. And, you know, that's the love of God. And how do I reflect that? In every every aspect of my life, and of course, you know, like it's easy to mess that up. We have, we have emotions, oh, yeah. we have all these different stresses. There's different areas of my life that I haven't fully allowed the love of God to conquer, right? Yeah. And that you know, you can see that <laughs> in uh, certain reactions or whatever throughout the day. But you know, I guess that would be my answer: is reflecting the love of God as as much as possible, yeah, as much as humanly possible. So nice, yeah, I like that. Thanks, that's cool. Um, and I know that. Uh, Kind of in your, what it, I I think it was high school. You you and your family, you guys made mm-hmm. like a big move. You moved churches. Yeah, and, yeah. And uh, I know you and I have talked a little bit how there were some aspects of that that really kind of changed a bit of your trajectory because oh for sure. Um, I remember when I was talking to Devin, um, he was on his way to being like kind of like a baseball star right. athlete, yeah. and and you were kind of on that path too. Right. Yeah. So, so how did that transition look for you thinking this is the trajectory and then all of a sudden it's like, I mean, was, was, was that, was that a God thing? Was that just your family moving thing? Oh, I mean, 100% a God thing. Um, where do I start? So yeah, I mean, I was on track to go play high level baseball. I, I, well, I moved to Missouri when I was, uh, going into ninth grade. So probably 13, I think it was 12 or 13. Sounds Maybe about right. 14. Maybe 14. Yeah. Somewhere around there. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, competed high level baseball, you know, did won all the championships in Kentucky, won all that stuff. Um, the biggest flex of my, I guess you can call it a career, baseball career. <laughs> <laughs> um, we had a uh, Minnesota Twins scout come out to watch me play. So that was oh, nice. 13. So that was, that was really, really cool. Yeah. So I was on the trajectory to go do the fun baseball stuff. Yeah. But, um, even at the age of 12 and 13, one of my, as part of my testimony is I struggled with depression and suicidal thoughts at, you know, at the age of 12, like wow. 13, yeah. I, dude, I can, I can't do most things in life that adults do. And I'm already right. like, yeah. how do I end this? Yeah. But, uh, I mean, that's, that's part of my story. So, um, my dad came out here, uh, visited the church. He had heard about it from a friend of ours, came out here, visited the church. Um, he was a mailman yeah. and, uh, had degenerative disc and oh, could wow. hardly function his job anymore. Yeah. Uh, got healed immediately at a service, at a worship service one time. Oh, praise uh, God. Pastor Kathy, it was at a conference. Yeah. Pastor Kathy just stopped worship and said, someone has degenerative disc, degenerative disc and needs to get healed. Uh, it was my dad. Yeah. Got healed, came back, was walking, could be a dad, could pick us up and play and all wow. that fun stuff. Yeah, it was wild. Absolutely wild. <laughs> so uh, that was like, okay, we need to uh, yeah. check this out some more, take this whole God thing more seriously, which they had. I'd grown up in a Word of Faith church okay. uh, my whole life. We went to that church. And until we moved here, obviously. And so we came out here to visit. Um, <clears throat> sorry, that's probably really loud. No, you're we, fine. We came out here to visit. Uh, I was probably 12, 13, 14, somewhere around there. Actually, I was in middle school because I went to the middle school class okay. the, uh, on a Wednesday night, I think it was. Okay. And at the time, John and Heather Eschenbaum were um, were leading that. Nice. And I had gone into that, into that service just with just the heaviness of depression and just fighting all these things and a lot of honestly my parents didn't even fully know about it i might have mentioned it to him once or twice mm-hmm. um maybe i can't remember if it was before or after but i just had just 
my countenance was not joyful. You know, there was Pastor Kathy talks about that life in your eyes. There's zero life in my eyes. Yeah. Um, it was, my life was literally just baseball, school, sleep, mm-hmm. and that was pretty much it. Yeah. And so I came here with just. I want to say the weight of the world, but how much weight of the world can you have at 13, I guess? But yeah. it just it just felt heavy. It just very, and, very and, heavy. And sometimes at that age, it's like, how do you even communicate? Yeah, you don't have the skills to communicate right. what you're feeling, or you don't, everything is brand new. Like, yeah. your body's changing, your brain's changing, everything, especially as yeah. a man. Like, you're, right. there's a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> welcome, welcome to puberty and depression. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Congratulations. Exactly. Yeah, really. <laughs> but uh, I walked into the service, and it was good, and it was all new. I'd never seen kids worshiping before. Yeah. Um. So I figured I'd try it just to fit in because that was my big thing too. Is I was very, very, very insecure. Okay. Incredibly insecure. Yeah. Um, I was the quiet kid. I had friends, but I mean, I wasn't popular by any means. I was okay. Quiet. Um, came in here. I saw everyone. Uh, all the kids worshiping with their hands up in the air. That was all brand new to me. I wanted to fit in, so I tried it. Yeah. And it was all cool and all. And then I just kind of things started shifting throughout worship slowly. Um, where I just kind of like, okay, maybe I. I wasn't opposed to God. I didn't know that I wanted God, but I did. Mm-hmm. I like everyone, like everyone, everyone yeah. seeking God in some form, whether they know it or not. But at the time, I was trying to seek God. I just wasn't quite sure what to do. I was trying to think a lot and understand things. And during the worship service, uh, I think it was John, John or Heather. I can't remember which one it was. No, actually, I think it was John. He stopped the service and was like, "There's someone here who uh, he didn't know me at the time. There's someone here who." wants to encounter God, but they don't know how. Yeah. And, at the, and I was terrified. I'm not going up. Like I, that is <laughs> yeah. horrifying oh, yeah. for me, especially that time. Oh yeah. Um, but man, I just, I almost felt like, um, I was like moved not to get over spiritual, but I felt like, like I was moved by the spirit, like physically, like just kind of just pushed like my back, like just yeah. ushered up to the front of the room. And I went. Up, I walked up there, kind of unwillingly. Just internal conflict. So oh, much yeah. going on on the inside, and I just remember just tears of just just started pouring down my face, just unreal. And I just fell to the ground. Um, no one really even prayed for me. Yeah. I just I just encountered God just for who He is at the altar, and yeah. I cried. I think for for forever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they did a they did the sermon, and I was just sitting in the back. Then at the end. Um, on the car ride back to the hotel with my family, I was just sobbing for hours. Yeah. Just, like 13 years old. Yeah. And just, just felt just the weight of the world off my shoulders, like I said, and just this this kindness of like, God wants me. Mm. Like, then that was just kind of a new reality that I had never really understood. Like, yeah. God was like, I'm I'm meeting you where you are. Yeah. And like, like, you belong here, not just alive, but like, you're mine. Yeah. Like, like just, and that was like kind of the first real like tangible encounter that i had where i just knew that okay i knew god was real i'd never encountered god before you know god was distant up in the sky Mm. the bible is whatever i never read it really you know it's 12 years old whatever and uh something shifted and that was it and then um we drove back to kentucky and and we were just we couldn't wait to actually move back out here and it took like I think six months or whatever. Okay. Got everything sold. My family uprooted their entire life in Kentucky. Uh, left all of our family behind. Left all of our friends behind. We actually, funny story, um, we got kicked out of our church <laughs> <laughs> for uh, trying to not, I mean, we we were, there was an opportunity for a powerful breakout of God to happen in a service. And uh, my mom was asked to pray or whatever. And she yeah. took it too far 
quote unquote, they said. <laughs> so we got asked to leave that church, and after oh, we'd have been there for funny. my entire life, so 12 years, yeah. 12, 13 years. My family had served there on the board, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. And so we got uh, excommunicated. Wow. John Wick style, excommunicado. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, we love them. We pray for them still, of course. No hard feelings. Yeah. We, forg- we forgive. I mean, we're still, we still have friends that go to that church. Yeah. But um, it was it was all for the better yeah. for us. Yeah. For us. And we moved out here and uh, I went to high school at the church's school and, you know, ended yeah. up marrying the pastor's daughter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which, <laughs> that's a funny story in and of itself, but. Yes. <laughs> long story, kind of short. That's, that's uh, yeah. how we got here. That's awesome. So, yeah, man. You know, it's it's like I hear stories from, you know, other churches and it's like, oh, yeah, they they didn't like, you know, the move of God. So they like asked us to go away or they, you know, they didn't like us doing the things of God. And it's like, yeah, I mean, I I know my life has has been quite an interesting road trip. Sure. You know, because I was raised Catholic, you know, which, again, you know, it's the you learn Bible stories, but you don't read the Bible and you know, God is just up in heaven and up on the throne, but you don't really talk to God, you know? And then I went into witchcraft and then all of a sudden I'm, which that's a crazy story too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I'm in church Christian and it's just like nothing I've ever experienced. A whole new world. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, You know, just experience and encounter God and you know, that's what it is. And it's, but it's, I do, it's like, I hear these stories and, you know, for the longest time, I would hear stories of like, you know, oh, this this move of God, you know, they were they were having church for 24 hours a day for six yeah. weeks straight. And then it just stopped. And I'm like, how did how does that stop? Right. You know, you, you're experiencing the the awesomeness of God. Right. And in these these miracles and the healings and the, the the power. And it's like, oh, yeah, we just stopped. I'm like, how did how do you just call it quits? Do, right. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. I don't I don't I don't get that. Um, you know, and people have tried to explain it to me, but, um, you know, I think the closest I've heard is, you know, people start making it about themselves. Sure. People start making it about the experience and not about God. Right. That's really good. Yeah. Um, I remember I heard a sermon just to tag on what you're saying, um, talking about the presence of God and how so many people worship the presence of God. Mm. And the, I've heard it described this way, that the presence of God is just the announcement that he's in the room. Mm. So, yeah. um, like when you walk in a room, we can you you feel people in the room. You can hear, you notice when they're in the room, and that's the presence yeah. of God. Yeah. How many people just get stuck or they stop at the presence of God and don't realize the presence is the announcement that mm. the King is in the room. Yeah, right. So you look around, you see people bowing. They're they're honoring His presence, but like, how do I go beyond honoring the presence? How do I actually, you know, get to the King? Right. And uh, I think once you live a life pursuing that that it's a lot easier to maintain um longevity and you know communion with with the father because your goal you you don't allow that agenda of i don't know um the the personal agendas that come up and interfere because you know like you say you try to make it about not about you or about other things which is the presence how do i show other people the presence how do i do this but when you you're just you're fixed on on the king and mm-hmm. it's great to honor his presence i'm sh- i know he appreciates that it's it's a yeah. very good place to start a really good place i'm not even trying oh, yeah. to knock that but there's always more yeah there's always more in the angel you know in the bible angels circle around the throne for the dawn of time yeah you know holy 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 what 
surely they don't get tired of that. You yeah, know, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, how, what are they seeing that I can't see? What are they experiencing that I can't experience? Yeah. You know, what, what, what side of the father, what side of God are they seeing that's new that yeah. they want to experience? Oh my gosh, I have to see that again. Yeah. I have to experience. And they're just circling the throne. There's so much to discover. Like how do yeah. I, how do you just get bored? Or, or even that, that story in the Bible of, you know, Moses after, you know, when he would come down from the mountain after communing mm-hmm. with God and it's like his face was so radiant right. that they forced him to wear a veil. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's like, just, we can't even fathom that. We can't yeah, even picture no, that. No, we can't. And it's something that actually happened to a human being. Yeah. And we, we just settle for goosebumps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, and see, and, and as far as like the goosebumps, you know, I've, I've kind of heard people talk about that too, is how it's almost like some people like chase the goosebumps like sure. a junkie chases a high wow shoot man you know i mean again again you know those people that just yeah. go after the presence you know it's like oh i'm just i'm just looking for the spirit's move i'm looking for the spirit's move and i i just need those goose pimples i i need i need right. a, i just need those goosebumps from to the Holy feel spirit. that yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah it's like i'm That's not really even good. you're not even chasing it's an immature the, the place. move yeah. of god or the or the power of god mm. you're just you're just yeah which again, I think that's fine if you're starting out being a yes. Christian. You oh, know, I agree. I agree. Someone's newer to Christianity, newer to God, and you're like, "Yeah, I have goosebumps." That's like, I'm thrilled for you. Like that is awesome. Yeah. You're encountered with God. You have goosebumps. That's great. But I mean, it's a great place to start. Bad place to stop. Yeah. Like there's so much more. Like what you're saying. Yeah. So that's uh. I mean, because yeah. because when when I first started being a Christian, you know, if if I didn't have those, you know, feelings of the feeling the presence or you know the the feelings of the Holy Spirit moving sure. in me. If I if I didn't have those introductory, shallow right. kind of yeah, experiences, sure. I, I probably wouldn't want to come back. Which at the time felt deep and radical they to did. you, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. You know, and again it was it was it was so new and it was so different. Sure. That it was like, okay, I recognize that there's something different here versus other churches that I've tried to sure. go to. Sure. Um because again, you know, even even when I was in witchcraft, I had friends that were like, "Oh, hey, you know, would you like to try to come?" And I was kind of always open minded, sure, um, especially with people that I had been friends with for for years. And it's like, you know what, you're a Christian. I'll go to church with you to see what it's like, you know. Yeah, yeah. Or it's like, you know, I was it weird walking into the church as like you're in the witchcraft and you walk into a Christian church. Like, did you could like I don't know how deep into witchcraft you were, but like yeah. You were obviously familiar with the spiritual realm, probably more so than even some Christians were. Yeah. Let's just be real. Yeah. At the church you were visiting or whatever. So was it kind of awkward or weird or was there any like conflict internal? Like, Um, I'll be honest. uh, A majority of churches that I went into, they they're shells. Yeah. Sure. They're shells. Spiritually, they're shells. Yeah. They're they're just. You're like I can conquer this place. Right. (laughs) I mean, I mean, pretty much. Yeah. Because it's just. I mean. I remember, I mean, not not to knock like any church in particular, but I remember I was at a church and one of one of the parts was they were gonna sing uh a part of a psalm but in the middle of the service and it was like forever I will sing of the joy of the Lord or sure. some something along those yeah, lines. Okay. And it was like the people were just droning. Yeah. Like they're like no emotion, no passion. Forever I will sing of the joy <laughs> of the Lord. I'm like, there is zero joy whatsoever. <laughs> I'm like, no offense, but if I'm God, I'm not here. I'm not thrilled. Yeah. No, I'm right. not gonna be here. This is not what this, you know, and especially me knowing now what I know. 
I'm like, there's no way. Sure. If if God if Jesus were to knock on that door and heard that, mm, not sure I want to knock anymore. Right. <laughs> would if if people think that that's the joy, would they even recognize Jesus? Right. You know, if if that's the joy of the Lord and Jesus walked in with the joy of the Lord, yeah. You know, would he be cast out? Quote right. Unquote, you know, like he would be the weirdo in the room. Yeah. <laughs> so. You know, and and I and I'll laugh because with as many stories as there are about Jesus even as a pagan um i would sometimes hang around people that were uh partaking in illegal substances sure and there were even times where they would have conversations about jesus hi hi <laughs> but about the goodness of jesus right and what would jesus be like if he were on the earth today that's wild. and it's like some of those theological conversations were more accurate and and borderline more spirit filled than sure. some of these empty churches that I had visited. Wow, man, that's crazy. That's <laughs> yeah. really ironic. Yeah, really funny. Yeah, Not like irony, funny, but like, yeah, yeah, no, but yeah, but yeah, that's that's, that's where it is, and yeah. and so it's. I think that shows. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah, I no. think that even in like I don't know where those people are at now, obviously, but yeah. I think that just attests to God meeting people where they are. Yeah, you know, in in those moments, the Lord was just planting seeds in yeah. those people, and so many, like that church that you went to that you were talking about, the shell. If they were to see that, what would their thoughts be about yeah. the high people talking about Jesus? Yeah, you know, like, they would they would write them off because they were high, right? And like, granted, maybe there's some validity in that, but yeah. you know, if if they're talking about if they're manifesting the joy of the Lord, and they're high and they're talking yeah. about it, I don't know, man. I mean. I mean, to a degree, at least with, at least with, the people that are high. There's a, there there's a level of curiosity, sure, towards God, yeah, that the churchgoers don't have, yeah, you know, and I, I wonder and I, why that is too. Isn't that kind of is it is that just the Lord still trying to pursue them? You think you think it's the Lord reaching out? And, no. What, I, or do you think it's just the open the weed so, just messing with their head or okay so so here's here's my theory and I and I've said it to um I think I think I was with Derek when I when I was explaining this um this is hundred percent Luke sure. theory um I have zero biblical basis for this okay um but this is my theory and I have yet to hear anybody say that's blasphemy and how dare cool. you I'm gonna burn you at the stake because you said that um. My theory is we are all born and created with a God-shaped hole mm. inside all of us. For sure. And we are all striving to fill that hole with God. Yeah. And and only God can fill that. Right. But until we have God fill that, we are going to search for anything and everything to put in that hole. Dude, that's so good, man. Yeah, come You on, know, dude. because again, I mean... Especially, you know, I mean, yes, this is a podcast towards men, but how many men, when they're struggling and mm. trying to find their purpose, you know, alcohol, drugs, sure. sex, food, porn. video game, yeah. porn, right? you know, all these things. And it's like, and and then how many times have you and I seen these guys that all of a sudden they encounter God and they start chasing after God and they don't have to do any effort, but all those things just Right. completely wash, wash out off. of their lives yeah. 
And they're like, oh, yeah, I didn't have to try to quit that. I didn't have to try to quit that. Right, I mean, yeah, maybe there was like a struggle. Sure, sure, sure. But during that struggle, they were always striving for God. The, yeah, the grace of God, that you empowerment. Know? Yeah. yeah, and the so it's like of who he is, yeah. So it's like I think even with the stoners they know that they're striving, that they're still trying to figure out how how God fits into their lives. Right. You know, or is there a God? Either. Sure. Whereas I think there's a lot of churchgoers that they're convinced that they're in church, so they're fine. So they're good. Yeah. I mean, how many how many times have we met people like that? You know, like at old churches or whatever. It's like, well, I'm a Christian. I'm okay. Yeah, right. Would you like to pray? Less than highly favored. Right. How you doing, brother? Bless and that was the thing at our church. Our word of faith. (laughs) You couldn't speak anything like negative. Yeah, because it's word of faith. You know. Yeah. Words of power, which they do. (laughs) But and like, dude, you see a guy just struggling. Yeah. How you doing, man? Blessed and highly favored. Like yeah. That was the answer. Was for, was you know, funny, and but, yeah. because it is. And, and you know, or it's like, you know, hey, can I pray for anything? No, nope, I'm good. No, we're all good. Yeah. yeah. All you right. know, and it's like, I do. Too many, I, I think too many Christians have just, or I, I won't even say Christians. I'll say churchgoers. Mm-hmm. They, they can, they're convinced that they said that prayer one time. Sure. And they don't need to say it again. Um, You know, I, I know like in our church, we talk about like the, you know, being filled with the Holy Spirit, right. baptizing in the Holy Spirit. Sure. And, um, you know, even water baptism is, you know, hey, if if every time our church has a water baptism, if you want to sign up and, and go under, you know, go for it. Yeah. We don't care how many times you die. Dude, I've been baptized in the church like four times. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> the services are just so powerful yeah. and electric. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they are. And and see, in, in the Catholic faith, faith where I grew up, it's it's one and done. Sure. You're baptized as an infant, and it's like, nope, that's it. You're yeah. good. Yeah, you know, Dang. it's like, nope, you don't need to go back. You're, yeah, you you had the one. That's it. That's that's all you that's need. Legalistic. Yeah, yeah. That's that's your that's your ticket to heaven. Good job. Mm. You punched the ticket. Which, where in the Bible does it say you get baptized once and you're done? Yeah. Like, why is that a thing that we've allowed to shape our mindset so yeah. much? Like, that's every time I've had a I've been baptized, it's just been this powerful encounter with God. Oh yeah. You know, I lay down in the water and I come back up, and every like I got baptized with Brooke last time. We did it together. Yeah, that was and, awesome, dude. It was it was incredible. Like just, to, you know, we our marriage was fine. We weren't struggling per se yeah. by any means, but we just come out of the water together in union with us and the Holy Spirit and the just every it just it was amazing and just yeah. the 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 power. And even our marriage like felt stronger. We both felt more unified. It was it was incredible. Yeah. And I even had someone ask me, like, you've been baptized before, right? And I was like, Yeah. Like what I mean, <laughs> like I understand it's weird. It's probably yeah. counterculture maybe to, for some, but I mean, yeah. if that's an avenue that the Lord wants to meet me, why am I gonna restrict him? Because right. I'm afraid someone's gonna judge me. Yeah. Like if the Lord wants to meet me in the water, then I'm gonna go in the water. Yeah. If the Lord wants to meet me at a Macy's, and you know I'm gonna go to the Macy's and meet. Like it doesn't like. Yeah. Oh yeah. People, it's very biblical to travel where the Lord is meeting, where the yeah. Lord is telling you to do, and so it just comes down to it doesn't matter what it looks like, doesn't matter. Yeah. What it sounds like, but I just you feel urged to do it and you do it, and then the Lord honors that. Yeah. I, I agree. Yeah. I agree. I mean, because even even just you know because I I stand up you know almost like as a as a front row seat observer for a lot of those sure. moves and, yeah. and for a lot of these really cool things um you know because i am on security and and i so it's like i it's not that i can't um right. because i know the pastors and all would oh yeah go right go yeah do it. sure um 
you know, but it's, but even to just kind of be on the front row to mm-hmm. watch all these things and to watch these like almost like intimate moments, yeah, you know, and just to see that that God is moving like that, sure, you know, it it helps build my faith and, oh, yeah, and helps me want to strive for more, yeah, um, but yeah. So yeah, so that's my kind of that's that's, that's really kind of my that, theory. That made me that. think. Uh, we're talking about watching people encounter. That makes me think of a verse that your testimony becomes someone else's prophecy. Yes, and how Agreed. powerful that is, and that just attests to like every everything that you say is sowing a seed, right? And I know it's kind of made fun of words a few minutes ago, but like you know, power and death is in the tongue, right? Oh yeah. And so totally. like what you speak and what you're saying, like this podcast right now, me telling my testimony and all the testimonies that have been told before me on other episodes, those are all sowing those seeds of if God can do it for them, why can't he do it for me? Yeah. Oh, totally. And sometimes that's just the question that needs to be asked internally in a man specifically. Cause I know men like to internalize a lot of things. Oh yeah. And just that little spark, that little flip of, well, why would God stop with Zion? Why would God stop moving with Luke? Yeah. You know, and there's no reason that he would, you know, and I think that's, that's amazing. And that's a great seed that if that's a question, then if someone's listening to that and that's a question that stirred, that's stirring on the inside of you, I mean, I want to encourage you to delve deeper into it. Yeah. You know, ask yourself out loud, why would God stop with them and not spark something in me? Why, you know, the seeds are being sown, Lord, pour your word out and water the seeds inside of me Yeah. that I can grow and encounter you more, you know, something as simple as that. And you know, that. That'll change the life right there. Yeah, it will. It really will. Um, and and something you, you said there, I kind of want to expand a little bit on um, because you said how a lot of guys internalize. Sure. Um, and that's kind of, in, in a way, it's kind of my ulterior motive um, for this podcast overall. Okay. Um, is, you know, is, is how do we get, how do we get more men to kind of be connected and to kind of really go after the things of God, you mm-hmm. know, cause I, I heard, I heard a statistic once and I'm going to completely butcher the numbers, but it was like in a family, if the mom is going to church, like a regular church goer and, and going after the things of God, yeah. like the family is like the rest of the family is like 37% likely to, to go to church and, and to remain church goers. Okay. Um, but if the dad is going after God, it jumps up to like 93%. Holy crap. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. That's really interesting. (laughs) So it's like, it's crazy. So it's like in a way I, I have, it's, you know, call it weird or whatever, but it's, it's almost like I've got this heart for not really what does men's ministry look like, but Mm -hmm. it's like, how do we get men to connect with each other? You know, because I know that, you know, with men internalizing things, Mm. um, yes, you and I are from different generations. Right. And, and I'm from that generation of, how old are you? I am four, I'll be 47 this upcoming Monday. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. You could be my dad. I could be your dad. (laughs) Yeah, I could. I'm You're welcome. Yeah. (laughs) Or 23, 24, 23. Anyway, keep going. Sorry, I interrupted you. (laughs) Um, you know, but I'm, I'm from the generation of. I never show emotion, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, showing emotion is weak and right. you don't talk about your feelings. Feelings right. don't exist if you're a guy, um, you sure. know, and just all these things. And, you know, I've, 
yes, encountering God and and letting God change my life has changed some of that. Sure. Um, being a father has changed some of that. Absolutely. Um, you know, because I've had conversations even with my son, who's you know eight, almost nine. Mm-hmm. Of you know, Dad, I never see you cry, hmm. and it's like I now have to explain to my son why I don't cry. Yeah, sure. And yet I also want to explain it to him and raise him in a way that you don't have to internalize everything. You don't right. have to wear your heart on your sleeve, but right. you don't have to internalize everything. Yeah, that's really good. You know, and yeah. and so it's like where's that where's that balance and and where can I find that balance in me? Sure. You know, because again, it's it's the oh, if you cry you're weak and if you if you if you show vulnerability, people are going to tear you down. Right. You know, I mean, I'm sure you probably heard a lot of that growing yeah. up as an athlete. Yeah. Right. You know, rub, rub dirt some on dirt on it, on. tape exactly. it up. You're yeah. good. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But I even, even the, I mean, I could see a difference even in my age group and you know, you're talking about the different generations and culture and just the mentality of, yeah, like my generation and this also the generation beneath me is a lot more open to men being weak per se yeah um wearing their emo- there's what is it wearing their heart on their sleeve or yeah. whatever which i mean <clears throat> i'm I'm not even fully sure on where i stand with it all to be totally honest mm. transparent like i'm still trying to decide like is that a sign of weakness or is that a sign of strength because you can show your emotions to the world right. but i think there's two extremes where like i never cry and then like yeah i'm like fruity you know right, like right, yeah. you know? <laughs> sorry i don't know if i can say that yeah no but, it's fine but um you know obviously those are two extremes so how do i how do i as a man trying to raise a family 24 years old in the culture of right now it's like yeah you need to be hyper emotional and if you're not being hyper emotional then you're an old you know bigoted whatever that who doesn't know right. anything right and then yeah. those are two extremes in which honestly i kind of appreciate that I could see it now. I'm thinking you guys can go along with my thought process as I'm figuring it out too, that the more, I think men's health and men's mental health, I guess you could say is starting to become more recognized. Yeah. Um, with my culture specifically, you know, I see it all over TikTok uh, about the men's suicide rate being incredibly high and way too high and people trying to find a support for that. Yeah. Which is, I think it's great that it's being recognized and awareness is being brought. I think that's amazing. But, um, at the same time, it's like, okay, we still need to be men and be tough, you know, right, and right, be, yeah. be strong for our family. Yeah. And uh, sometimes toughness does look like crying. Sometimes toughness looks like brokenness. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say all the time it looks like that. You know, I think being, uh, you know, the Bible talks about being broken before the Lord. Yeah. You know, a contrite or broken heart and a contrite spirit or whatever, however that goes. Yeah. Um, I think that's very, uh, I think you have to have it. You can't live without breaking, I don't think, um, as a man. But I think doing it in the proper scenario, in the proper settings is Mm. really important and really key, um, specifically being broken before the Lord and having those times of intimacy and encounter. I think you have to function as a man. You have to have that, I believe. It's the only thing that's kept me going. (laughs) Yeah, no, I agree. So, uh yeah. Yeah, and I and I think and I think part of that is um you know, yes, I mean, social media brings in a, an interesting spin to to a lot of these conversations, but mm-hmm. you know, yes, I could I could go on you know, any of the social medias and 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 kind of broadcast out to the world, "Hey, I'm struggling." Right. Um but is it going to help? Right. You know, I could 
I could go to the Lord, you know, and I could, I could, I could pray and, and I could cry out that, that I'm broken, that I need help. And I know he would, he would help, he would send help. Right. Um, but I think as men, um, to have kind of that, those connections and those, sure. that, that band of brothers around you. Absolutely. Um, you know, because I know, uh, some months ago I was really struggling mm-hmm. and I, I kind of reached out to a, a group of guys and yeah. you were actually in right. that group. Um, you know, and it was, it was kind of me and, and I knew that I was having a lot of struggles and I knew in a way that if I kept stuffing it down and internalizing everything, mm-hmm. it was, it was not going to turn out good. Right. Um, and so it was kind of, a again, yes, I was, you know, I was, I was praying and, right. and, you know, and I was, I was talking to my wife about it and it was like, I, I, I need men. Right. You know, I, I need, I need my brothers around me to kind of, for sure. And so it's like, how do you get to that point where you have that band of brothers, where you yeah. have that circle around you of men you can trust? Right. right. You know, in, in a way it's like, you almost think of, um, you know, some of the, some of the ancient tribes and like, you know, the, the hunting parties and sure. stuff like that, that would, would go out and, um, or you can even think about, you know, David and his mighty men, you know, mm-hmm. that they were always going from cave to cave and, right. and you know, how many years were they doing that? And during tough times. Right. And, yeah. You know, right. Um, or, or I even thought about, um, I was actually listening to a podcast. It was actually talking about veterans with PTSD and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And they said, you know, back in the day, you know, going, you know, like, even if you think back to like the Roman times, the sure. Greek times, stuff like that, you know, to go home from a battle, it was like, gosh, a week, two weeks, you know, could be a month yeah. of marching of just, just the army. Yeah. That's and insane. it's like, so you had all of that time of just your band of brothers around right. you. You know, and every night you'd sit around the fire, you'd you'd drink a mug of ale, you'd you'd cook right. your meat, and you could just in a way de stress. Right, process everything. And, and process yeah. everything that you've gone through. And so that way when you went home to your wife and kids, you you're healthy. a normal you're a healthy human right. normal human yeah. being. You right. know, and Wow, that's you really know, this good guy point. was talking about, you know, nowadays you can go from a war zone to home in less than twenty four hours. Yeah. That's crazy. And how that bad does that kind of mess with your brain? Sure. And then your family too. Yeah. You know, they're seeing dad the way dad was never meant to be seen. Yeah. Your kids or your wife seeing your yeah. husband, a side or, that she's never meant to see. Maybe. Or all of a sudden you're shooting at bad guys one day, the next day you're holding your little two-year-old girl. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I can't so, even fully comprehend that. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, and so it's like, what can we do to ensure that men know they can reach out to other men? Mm-hmm. You know, because I, in my experience, I've, I've encountered so many men that are like, just reach out. Right. You know, the, I'm here for you, just reach right, out right, right, or right. I, I'm going to reach out. Um, you know, and it's, it's like some are better than others. Sure. Um, but it's almost like, it's almost like you need to figure out a way to make that connection because it can't just be like instant connection. Right. Right. You know, it's like, Oh, 
I just met you, Zion. I'm now going to open up to yeah, you. Yeah, my entire life and my <laughs> deepest struggles. Yeah. I think um, going back to that group text that you sent, that actually, you taking initiative and texting that group, actually, because opening up is one thing I kind of struggle with around people. Yeah. And that actually allowed me to open up to you privately. I texted you some stuff. Yeah. Um, things that I, that even some of my best friends don't even know that. And that's just because, you know, I, I'm here on the show talking about it and I struggle yeah. with it. Like, <laughs> so kind of ironic, yeah. but, um, and but I was, but you, knows. you, yeah, I know everyone knows, <laughs> but, um, you taking initiative and saying, Hey guys, I'm struggling with this was the gateway for me to be able to text you. The only other person that knows this is Brooke. Yeah. And I'm struggling with blah, blah, whatever it was, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And now I, you know, you're in my eyes, you are now because of what you sent to me, I'm able to trust you with deeper things in my life. Yeah. And we don't even talk a ton. We don't we don't go out and hang out together a lot or anything. Yeah. But I mean, you're um you know, because you took the first step, I was able to I felt safe and secure enough to be able to shoot you a text back. Yeah. And just privately not in the group and uh fess up. <laughs> I guess yeah. you could say with some stuff. Yeah. And that in turn allowed me to feel internally like like a, kind of like a breath of fresh air. Mm-hmm. Just like, wow, I can, you know, I, I'm able to trust men, yeah. able to trust people with things that even my spouse, like my spouse is Brooke. She's a great strength in my life, but she's not meant to carry all of my burdens and all right. of my stuff. Like, and that's the importance of that band of brothers and that time with men, like in the, they're walking home from the battles. I never thought about that before ever. Yeah. Like this is the first time I'm processing that. Yeah. And just to be able to deload and, all that stuff, you know, and process everything with men who experienced it with you and who were designed to help you out is a, it's a treasure and a strength that I definitely need to work on and take yeah. advantage of. It's off. It's a really good opportunity to take advantage of yeah. as men to build that band of brothers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, that's something I need to work on. And yeah. I'm, I'm glad we're able to yeah. talk about it now. I, I was going to say, and I, I know I need to, to work on it too more. Um, you know, I mean, especially since I, there have been so many times to my wife, to some of my other friends on this podcast, I'm like, yeah. you know, we need to do this. You know, one time I, I tried to get a, a group of guys together to do a breakfast and mm-hmm. everybody bailed and it ended up being you and me. <laughs> yeah, we had breakfast. Um, yeah. You and me breakfast, group breakfast with Woo-hoo. two guys. Unrecorded yes. podcast. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but it's, it, it is, it's, you know, doing things like that and you know it's like i kind of feel like i've dropped the ball like i haven't tried to do more of that and it's Mm -hmm. like okay i'm you know i'll probably wait till the holidays are over because the holidays get crazy crazy with with people you know but it's you know so probably in january i'll probably try to pick that up and i'll probably try that again um you know because again it's 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 needed Mm -hmm. you know because it's you know, as much as people talk about, you know, the iron sharpening iron and, you know, all this, you know, the band of brothers and, yeah. and, and you can use as many cliches and, and right. fancy phrases as you want. Um, but I think it all comes down to men being men and just randomly talking about stuff is what actually builds the connections and it actually builds the brotherhood, you for know, because sure. I've I've been thinking about this uh, off and on for probably about a week or two. Um, like every now and then, I don't know about you, but I have conversations with myself and, and mm-hmm. like in the shower and stuff. Sure. Um, and it was like, okay, what if, what if I were at like a men's, like a, a in front of a group of men mm-hmm. and talking and trying to explain myself and explain the, some of these concepts 
and it's like, you know, we all know the the Bible stories. We know church. Um, sure. You know, we know all these things about God, but that doesn't make us, or that doesn't allow us to know each other. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it was kind of a, you know, mm, that's really during during worship. You know, during praise and worship, I can I can run up forward, mm-hmm. and and stand next to another guy and worship near him. Yeah. But if if you're up there and I run up there. You and I, because we have a connection, we can worship with yeah, each other, sure, and and kind of push push forward, yeah, and yeah, push yeah. further, absolutely. So it was like, it, in my mind, I'm like, okay, come up with silly questions that don't really mean anything, right? But yet, interesting, kind of open the door of, you know, okay, let's say you're sitting at a breakfast, you know, a table for breakfast. You know, share a funny story of sometime you got pulled over by the cops. Because mm-hmm. almost every guy has a story of sure. getting pulled over by the cops. Sure. You know? Naturally. Yeah. Or, you know, okay, you were an athlete. What's a really funny story you have from a game or a practice mm. that just always makes you laugh? Sure. Um, or with all the vets out there. Almost every vet boot has camp a story. Huh? My dad has a good boot camp. Oh story. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. But I mean, how many funny boot camp stories are there out there? Right. Sure. You know, and it's so it's like we all have these really funny stories, and we all have these really funny experiences, and these really cool things. So it's like, why aren't we sharing those? Hmm. That kind of seems surface, right? But those are the things that help open the door. Seeds, yeah. So that we can, yeah, those seeds that we can then make a connection. Right. That's really good. It's like what is, what's what's stopping us from doing that? And yeah. I don't, fear of rejection, fear. maybe? Fear. Total fear. Fear of looking funny. Fear of yeah. looking weird. I think so. Yeah. It, what is that saying? The only thing to fear is fear itself? Yep. FDR. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, I don't even know what FDR means. Uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Oh. He was one of the presidents. Gosh, man. (laughs) When was he president? (laughs) Uh, He was president during, uh, at the end of the Great Depression. Oh, yeah. I got a president. During the start of World War II. But, yeah, I mean, I didn't even know you said that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He was the one that said that. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, that's, that's, I find that fairly true. Yeah. Even in my own life, you know, um, when I'm held by fear, I'm, and it's easy to recognize too, because mm. as soon I remember Heather Eschenbaum told me this, because fully transparent, really embarrassing to admit to admit this. When I was in high school, literally my biggest fear was the dark. Yeah, and I know it's like <laughs> super gay to admit and super say, like so stupid, but dude, I hated the dark. I straight up was terrified of the dark. And I was in school of ministry. Actually, it was school of ministry. It was school of ministry. That's when I had Heather. <laughs> and she had everyone go around the room. I was the only guy in my class in school of ministry. Oh, oh no, Charles Graves. I had Charles Graves. Oh, okay. And we were the only two guys in our class. And these <laughs> girls are like admitting like cool fears, like legit. Like, oh, yeah. Some of them are like spiders or whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I was like, okay, I guess I'll just. I'm terrified to say this answer because I know that <laughs> I'm going to be the idiot of the class. But that's, uh, I honestly, by saying that I was afraid of the dark right there, one, everyone busted up laughing, which oh, yeah. was great. That yeah. was a great response that I needed because that automatically invalidated my fear of being yeah. re- that it was real. 
Like yeah. you're scared of the dark. Like what an idiot. <laughs> like you're so dumb. But uh, <laughs> but uh, but Heather actually taught me how to uh, identify what you're scared of and how to recognize fear. And okay. she was talking like for me specifically, we all laughed, of course, in that scenario. But then she actually gave me a really good solution that I applied, and it's really really practical. And I did it, and I felt weird doing it, but. I was taking out the trash one night and I was probably 18. It was pitch black. I grew up in uh, Lee Summit and we lived in the Sin City of Lee Summit, the ghetto of Lee Summit by those yeah. apartments on 291 <laughs> by Burger King over there. But um, I was, and there's gunshots like once a week. Our, yeah. uh, we heard them all the time. So I'm taking the trash out and then she told me that you identify fear because a lot of the time, like in my scenario, it was you felt like a, a swift push or like i'm gonna speed up and do this real quick hmm. and so she told me the next time that i feel that to go extra slow and to turn around and just talk to the atmosphere you know yeah. talk to my environment that i'm in and talk to fear yeah and i was like okay that's super weird but i'll try it and so i did it and i was i didn't even realize that i was walking faster at first until that replayed and i think the holy spirit reminded me of that yeah and i turned around dude and i kid you not like something just it just broke and like I stood outside for like five minutes, which was unheard of. My mom, like my, my parents didn't even know I was scared of the dark, but she's like, Zion, what are you doing out there? I'm like, I'm, I'm conquering my fear. Like, yeah. and that, and like, since then, like, I'm not scared of the dark anymore. <laughs> but, uh, but that was, that was an actual reality that I was yeah. bound in and, and, st yeah. and stuck in that I was able to identify that fear and I was able to break it. And it was, yeah. it was a funny story. You know, looking yeah. back, it's, oh, yeah. it's so stupid. It, but <laughs> it's just something like really, really practical that yeah. I was able to overcome fear. And I was scared to do it. And I did it. And it yeah. worked out. And it's really stupid, really immature, really whatever. But it was where I was at in life. And it yeah. was it, it was something that I needed to get over, clearly. And yeah. I did. <laughs> so yeah. it, was, it was funny. And now I know the real reason why you run lights at church. And that's why I run lights at church. Yeah. Keep it bright. <laughs> Everyone's like, no, white lights are too bright. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah white lights. <laughs> but, yeah. And our pastor is like, no, keep it dark. Keep it dark. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> like, no, you don't understand. PTSD. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But um, I think that fear, you know, why aren't men opening up on surface level, uh, surface level to other men is just the fear of looking stupid or yeah. the fear of rejection or... Mm. I think a lot of men have maybe even tried to connect to other men. And then the, so like I'm trying to open up to you and then the guy I'm trying to open up to doesn't even know how to respond properly. Yeah. Some of the time, you know, and that, oh, yeah. you know, having an experience, experience that before can be a new struggle that the man trying to open up to another man has to get over now yeah. because they have that, they've been rejected before. Oh yeah. And so that's now a reality that they have to face and learn yeah. to conquer and learn to trust and, I think that's why, um, you know, being intimate with God and having alone time with God is so important. Uh, one, because you're able to unload all that stuff. And two, it, for me at least, it's totally eliminated the fear of rejection yeah. and the need for approval from anyone else. So I'm oh, able to yeah. come on a podcast and say, I was scared of the dark, Yeah, you know, like <laughs> everyone's able to laugh at me and I'm like yes. laughing at myself and oh, it's yeah. like, it's, it's a joke now. And it's yeah. that, I think that's the way God intended it to be is yeah. you know it's you're not living by the fear of man you're not living by fear of rejection you're able to walk fully confident in who he has recreated you to be and yeah. who you are now so, i like that yeah yeah that's awesome yeah 
So, uh, as we're gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and wrap us up. Unless you have anything that you have to, you feel like you have to share. Um, no. But any final thoughts, any final uh, advice, or or questions that you want to throw out there rhetorically for for guys? Yeah. Um, sorry, it's a long pause. No, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Um, oh, we talked about a lot. Uh, yeah, we did. Talked about. Oh, one thing that's just kind of been stirring. I'll just talk about it real quick. Yeah. Um, it's. You know, I talked about the goodness of God being the kind of oh, what is that scripture? Of course, I'm blanking out on the scripture now. I've been thinking about it all week. The kind, <laughs> the goodness of God leads men to repentance, mm, yeah. and I think a lot of people have. This is totally. This is me just stirring. We haven't really talked about this at all. This is just what I've been thinking of. But um, I think a lot of people, not just men in general, but people, have found God, quote unquote, out of fear. Mm. Um. I, you know, as some people like to say, it's fire insurance. Yeah. You know, God is fire insurance. I don't go to hell. Or they've been delivered from things or saved from things, but for what? Yeah. You know, what's the next step of that? What does that look like? Yeah. And I think that's why this podcast and podcasts like this and these type of conversations are so good because, Mm -hmm. okay, I've been saved from blah, 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 this. But the root of me being saved was out of fear. Yeah. And that's not what the Bible says. Right. The Bible says the goodness of God is what brings you. So until you've had an encounter that is the goodness of God, I don't feel, I mean, this is, might be hypocritical to say or terrible to say. Blasphemous was the word I was looking for. <laughs> but I, you, you may not be truly saved until the root of your salvation is from the benevolence of God. Yeah. Because that's what shapes everything after that. From then on, Everything, whether it's the goodness or fear, everything after is fear based. Yeah. You know, if you're if you're saved because you're scared, what happens if you get in a car crash and die? Right. You know, you never know when that could happen. Blah blah. That's fear based. Yeah. That's not goodness of God based. No, and so that not, yeah. shifts everything from the foundation of you being saved. Uh, foundation of you being saved is where you saved out of encounter of the goodness of God, removing everything off of you. Exp- you know, pushing you into something new, a new creation. Right. Or were you saved from saved in quotes right yeah of i don't want to die and i don't want to go to hell or whatever and that changes everything about your life i think and yeah that's a really powerful thing just to fester on think about yeah. it i like that. so that's what i've been thinking about yeah it's, it might that. be blasphemous who knows but i mean it's just I, it's just something to think about it's just yeah. something that we've that christianity has done at least my entire life growing up and churches yeah. have preached it and i just was kind of thinking how can i challenge that and yeah. that scripture came up the goodness of god yeah. Brings men to repentance, the metanoia, the changing your mind, yeah, changing your life. So if my encounter with God was because I was scared of something rather than Him pursuing me with His goodness, the ninety-nine, you know, leaves ninety-nine for the one, yeah. right? Yeah. I don't know. Think about it. So that's really good. Yeah, something to ponder on. Yeah, I like it. So yeah. Well, so, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for for getting me to think, and and thank you for coming on this and talking and sharing. Yeah, it was fun and laughing at us. I was really yeah. nervous. Why? I don't know. Okay. I was scared that I was going to admit, I was scared that I was going to admit that I was scared of the dark. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. But yeah, this is fun. This is good. Hopefully people get value out of it. Oh yeah. I think they will. I think so too. Yeah. All right. Till next time, stay fit, be well.